1: Let's go live to Luffy. Great to have you back on the show, mate. What a game last night. Absolutely incredible. Port Adelaide get the job done after Melbourne kicks seven in the third quarter. But what a gripping last term. And Port go level with Collingwood at the top of the table.
0: Yeah, it's morning, Steve. It was a great game. And uh, at half time, I just thought, well, Port is going to run away with this. And then Melbourne in... And especially if you look at the weather, it was pouring rain. And they've picked seven goals in the third quarter, set up a very handy lead. But Port got the last goal just before three-quarter time. And Melbourne made a few mistakes late in that third quarter that only gave them a 10-point lead at three-quarter time. And, And in the last quarter, it was all Port Adelaide. Melbourne just could not get anywhere near their forward line. They made some terrible errors, not just skill errors, but a couple of free kicks that were just pretty much stupid that really cost them in the last quarter. And in the end, well done to Port Adelaide. seven in a row now for Port Adelaide. Early in the year, people were thinking Port Adelaide towards the bottom of the ladder, and now they're equal top.
2: Gay Luffy, Gary Birkinshaw, mate. How are
0: you? G'day, Gaz. Good. Always a pleasure.
2: Mate, yeah, you're right The The Port Adelaide midfield last night just totally dominated the... The much-vaunted Melbourne midfield. And you've mentioned that last quarter. I think it had been 20 minutes into the last quarter and Melbourne hadn't had a, an inside 50. So they just really dominated. It took them a long time to get it on that scoreboard in, in the end. But, uh, look, I thought over the course of the game, Port Adelaide were, were very dominant. The better side, except for that, that third quarter where Melbourne played unbelievable football. But seven wins in a row. Ken Hickley was going to get sacked at the beginning of the year and, and now they're sitting on top of the ladder.
0: I oh, yeah. It's funny you say that. Uh, Warren Treadray, who's a, a Port Adelaide legend, and earlier in the year he was screaming for his sacking and get a new coat and they're struggling, and, and now I haven't heard a word from him. Uh, <laughs> or Kane Corns as well. He likes to mouth off about his former side and haven't heard a thing from him for, for quite a while. Uh, but Port Adelaide's credit, in the last quarter, when the rain was coming heavy, they just played it smart by get it in the forward line and then we'll all form the wall and Melbourne can't get it out because the skills weren't going to be there. The ball was too wet, too slippery, players slipping over. Um, There there was one costly free kick that wasn't a free kick given to Port Adelaide late in that last quarter. I can't remember who the player was, but as he was running, he got tackled, but he slipped over. The umpire called it a trip and the replays show that it was just his boots came from underneath and he just slipped over in the wet. They got a goal out of that, and if it went down the other end, because it was towards the back flank for Melbourne, so the next kick's in their forward line. So it was a crucial free kick that shouldn't have been there. And but in the end today, Port Adelaide they held their nerve, and yet another close win. They've had so many close wins this year, and they just keep winning them.
1: Hey, Luffy, tell me more about Zach Butters. So he has forty-one disposals last night, and kicked a couple of crucial goals as well, but. Where has he come from? Because I thought he was best on ground.
0: Well, he couple of goals and, as you said, 41 disposals. But he's averaging this year nearly 27 disposals. So it's not like he hasn't been playing that well. He's been starring for Port Adelaide all year. He's been ahead with, with kicks, disposals, clearances. He's been one of their better players. And he's only 22. Like, he's just a kid. Last night was his... Career best game ever at a Disposals Day. So, you know, the kid has a very, very bright future, and, and you know, you, you, you've got to look at a 22 year old that's averaging 27 disposals. That's just amazing.
1: Hey, Luffy, we'll talk about Dreamtime at the G because, as you know, Gary's a Richmond member. Uh, what in the world is going wrong with the Sydney Swans? Uh,
0: yeah, it's a, it's a case of is there anything going right? I mean, look, injuries are huge. You know, the that's been that's been a, a massive influence on how they've been going this year and you know, just compounded again where last week, you know, Tom Hickey he's he's now the Tom Hickey and Laddams combination has hardly happened in the last two years because every time one gets injured the other's playing or the other's playing, one's injured. So last week Tom Hickey came back into the side and Peter Laddams went out injured and then uh, Tom Hickey's had delayed concussions. So he's been out of the side, whereas Adam's come back in this week. But they, if they can get that combination right, it's going to be huge. Now, they lost Callum Mills for four to six weeks with a calf injury. Logan McDonald's gone for probably two months. Um, you know, Dane Rampy's still weeks away. Sam Reid's probably gone for the year. So Tom McCartan, Paddy McCartan, the list just goes on and on of all the injuries they are having. But in saying that, what's happening is every time the game's been close... The swans have folded. The, the the youth in the side, the inexperience, that they've lost their nerve and they've lost games they should have won. You know, you look at GWS, how does Toby Green get a, a kick by himself that close to the you know, to the goal at the dying seconds last week? The same thing. The Swans missed so many goals and they just open the floodgates and let Fremantle in. It it's just they, they're good at losing games at the moment. They're not good at getting beaten. They're good at losing games. And, and I've got to be honest, I'm a bit nervous about today. North Melbourne, Alistair Clarkson stood, stepped away, new coach. And you have a look what happened with St. George last night. You know They sacked the coach and all of a sudden they have a great win. So you know, it could happen today against the Swans.
2: Yeah, I think you've summed that up really well, i And I think the other thing that, about the Swans is just, the SCG is no longer for a fortress for them. And I think that has been like that for a couple of years now where they, they probably have a better record on the road than what they do at home. And, you know, that, that never used to be the case. But you mentioned about the the, you know, the missing of the ruck, that real ruck combination. And I think, you know, that's affected their clearances in, in the fact that that's put more pressure on the defence who's missing the two McCartons and Dane Ramp who've been pillars and the, the, uh, arguably the best defence in the competition, especially last year. And, and, you know, it's very, very hard to overcome injuries to key personnel. So it's not so much how many injuries you've got, but if you're missing them in, in key positions, it just really makes it hard on, on your inexperienced side who come, players who come in to replace them.
0: Well, I mean, firstly, the, the Swan dominance of the SCG actually was happening again up until the last three games. They won, I think it was 12 out of 14 games over the last couple of years. They've now lost their last three, um, which, you know... One was by one point, one was by two points, and one by 17 points. So, you know, the the, the dominance just that was there is now gone again, and um, and it just makes it, it 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 makes it tough for them that every time they've got to try and find a win on the road. Which, as you said, they've been good at that um, playing away, I and mean, then today playing away against North Melbourne, who you know a side that has started so well this year, everyone thought, yay, they've got to win, and, and then they've just got worse and worse and worse to look like a B-grade side, and and you mentioned with the Kwan's injuries, and they've got to come up with, with other players, and they've got a couple of new players in today, McAndrews gets, gets a chance, um, but it's the players over there have to stand up. You know, Isaac Heaney, unfortunately, just, he's had a, a pretty average year. You know, he, last week was probably his best game of the year, but he... Only had 18 disposals, for two goals. Um, they're not getting enough out of Tom Papley. Buddy, Buddy Franklin, you know, should he have gone on for another year? Well, the way he's been playing, you've got to question that. Um, and their backline, unfortunately, missing Rampy and the two McCartons. They've got a makeshift backline. Um, Will Gould's trying his hardest. Robbie Fox, he's been a revelation down there. Played really well. Um, but they just don't have the experience.
1: Hey, Luffy, we're starting to get the slow wind-up from our producer. Can you believe that? How rude of Adam Staples back at headquarters. Carlton versus Collingwood Who's is... Who's he, <laughs> Oh, no, no. He's the wind beneath our wings. Carlton versus Collingwood is massive. There needs to be... Mm. If, the swans are, if, the, if the Swans are struggling, there needs to be a Spanish Inquisition into the once-mighty West Coast Eagles... Hammered last week by the Gold Coast. They take on the former legendary Hawthorne. But the one we want to talk about finally is your thoughts on Dreamtime at the G tonight, 7.40. Oh,
0: look, it's a tough one. Like, Richmond have struggled this year. And then their performance last week against Geelong was sensational. Like, they they belted Geelong from the onset of the game. Um, Essendon, their form has been unbelievable in patches, and then terrible in other games that they should have won. They've lost close games. They haven't beaten Richmond. I was having a look last night. I think it's 13 games or 12 games in a row. Like, it's unbelievable. The last time they beat Richmond was 2014. You know, so that means it's literally a handful of players have played in a winning side against the Tigers. So, But I've actually tipped them. I think it's time. They've showed this year that after... (laughs) A couple, couple of years ago, they had a bad run with the drug scandal and all that. I've said, yes, and I think they're going to go in with a lot of confidence and play well, and they'll actually finally win in front of, you know, 90. Again, there'll be 90,000 people at that game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Burko is just throwing
2: his hands in the air. Can you believe it? Well, he's a mate,
0: supporter.
2: Luffy, I thought you were a good analyst, mate. really did. I thought you <laughs> summed up. Your you <laughs> performance today had been excellent till then. Yeah, lost all credibility. Well, you
0: know. Is it Twelve in a row, Gaz. Thirteen. How many have written beat yeah. Essendon B- in a row? Yeah, thirteen in a row.
1: Yeah. Hey, we do need to go to do need to go to our next break. Uh, Luffy, thank you so much. Uh, no love problem. having you back. Love having you back on the show. And can I just say publicly, uh, thank you so much for what you did at the Kalani Valbombers Bombers at their Guernsey presentations. I know everyone loved having you here on the coast and telling a few stories, not just from your own playing days, but now from your from your commentary and your analysis of where the AFL is at, uh, and particularly in this area where you played as well. Thanks, mate.
0: Uh, I enjoyed it. It was great to go, you know, to the grassroots of footy and, and, a, and a team that's now playing against my old side in Nelson Bay. And it was a great club. I'd, I'd love to have facilities like that at my club in Sydney. It was just amazing.